Wednesday, November 5th, 1955. And in three short days, at 10.04 p.m., Marty McFly and Doc McBrown will enact their plan to utilize lightning strike at the courthouse to send Marty back to 1985. This can be done because the... The the bruise on your head, I know how it happened. You told me the whole story. We were standing there, and you got, uh, and you were hanging a clock, and you fell, and you hit your head on a sink. And that's when you came up with the idea for the flex capacitor. It's what makes time travel possible. It's spoiler alert. I'm Jeremy Leguin. Today we are talking about time travel. Yes. Uh, I'm, I'm solo today, so I brought some friends with me. My usual partners in crime are off gallivanting, so uh, I brought in two experts, I should say. Two time travel experts in the booth today i have a friend of the show gerald saul hi gerald hi jeremy hi i'm gonna turn up your level Ooh. and uh uh we also have a uh, local time travel enthusiast and author of spectrum time travel role-playing alan dotson hey alan hey jeremy how's it going uh, i'm happy to be here excellent so uh you guys are jazzed to talk about some time travel movies today and uh we're just going to jump right into it by defining what we mean by time travel. So to start us off, what makes a time travel movie? Because I would argue that every movie is a time travel movie in the sense that you, you know, oh, I'll see you tomorrow, Jim, and then it cuts to tomorrow, and there's some sort of temporal missingness there. But that's not what we're talking about today. Well, it could be that every every movie, we're looking into the past, aren't we? Absolutely, yes, very true. Unless we're watching a live feed, but that's not really a movie. right. And we were talking about it, then it's still in the past. But, okay, so uh, let's make this easy. Uh, so for a time travel movie, we're talking about a story in which the characters within their sort of fictional, the fictional reality of that story mm -hmm. travel in time. Some characters move into their perceived future or their perceived past, which opens up all kinds of great opportunities for nonlinear storytelling, but sort of from... Uh, yeah, our point mm -hmm. of view, they're always going to be traveling into the future of the movie. Right. But <laughs> the later would... points in the movie, with, within their world, they're traveling into the past or future. Absolutely. But I would add the caveat that to be a time travel movie, you have to travel through time in what we would define as a non-normal way. Absolutely. And so where everyone is always moving into yes, the future. Absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. So it's good that we got out of the way. The next little bit that we have to talk about, Alan brought in some visual guides to help us uh, figure this out today. Ooh. Um, wh what do we feel... We're going to be talking about at least two, possibly three types of time travel. What do we feel to be the most accurate? What camp are you in before we start this conversation for real? So the, the types of time travel we have are a fixed timeline where things have happened and things are going to happen. And even if you go back, you're just going to provoke the things we already know. A dynamic timeline where things change and grow. Uh, a good, a good instance here would be uh, Back to the Future. That would probably be a good vert. Or they do both, don't they? No, no, yeah. It's it's a dynamic timeline. Things change. You go back. Your actions in the past affect the future. Right. Yes. And then there's the multiverse theory. But Back to the Future is also multiverse. Is it both? Yeah. That's what I was Second thinking. Second movie yeah. is multiverse. Is it multi? Well, yeah, because they, they, there's the one, there's like a dark future where mm -hmm. Biff got yes. the book. Yes. Um, and there's like tanks in the street and all that stuff. But then there's mm -hmm. also the bright future uh, where Marty's got his family and his kids and all that stuff. Right. And depending on whether Biff got the book or not, you can, depends on which future you're traveling into. Mm -hmm. Right. But, um, and I remember seeing this in the theater. So mm -hmm. it was a, the biggest surprise for me was the ending. I guess I think most people have seen this film. Um, but it was, the great surprise because every time travel film or every time travel story I'd seen 
uh, in my kind of limited experience at the time, was that uh, everything returns to normal. The status mm-hmm. quo is restored, um, and which seems to be what they're doing, right? He, you know, he's he's got to get his parents back together. He's got to do this and that. And at the end, the picture reforms. Everything's back to normal, and he returns home, and it's it's resolved. And he might as well just run credits then until the, the biggest surprise in the whole film is that final two minutes mm-hmm. where he realizes things have changed. Right. And that was radical. That was That wasn't seen... I, I don't remember any, you know, it must have happened, but I never saw anything, no, nothing in the mainstream. I think in in the case of Back to the Future, the thing that would solve, really answer the question, is if it was decided that in the first one, did the events of the second one occur? You know, was there a Marty on his hoverboard down by that car? You know, maybe Robert Zemeckis will be able to tell us that, but who knows? There's only, that's the, that's, I think that's the only way to really hash out which uh, which type of time travel we're talking about here. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. Maybe we could do a frame by frame analysis. See if there's any parts where Biff was driving here, so we would have had to see Marty or something like that. But uh, we'll get into that. Maybe we'll do a time travel too and come back with the results of that. Well, so what if Zemeckis could go back in time and redo the films from the start? How do we know well, that he didn't already do that? I well, no, you, well, he'd have to shoot himself shooting the film, right? That's that's the only reason to to go back in time and shoot. You you shoot your you don't want to do all that work again, so you make the best making of documentary where you go back, and you reshoot yourself shooting, the film you already made, intercut of course. But uh, yeah, that's what I think you that's what I think you would do. Maybe. That'd be, yeah, it'd be a good documentary. <laughs> <laughs> they uh, that uh, the most recent Terminator they they did that where they they go back into the events of the first movie. And I thought that was really well done. Well, Alan, if you're going to bring up Terminator, we're going to get into this right, right now. All right. So I don't for, even know if you got through the three types of time travel. We did. All right. I think so. Fixed timeline, dynamic timeline, multiverse. Okay. Three types of time okay. travel. We're going to, when, when we talk about a movie, maybe we can sort of allude which one. Um, Terminator 1 and 2 are obviously uh, benchmarks of amazing cinema that should be uh, watched and enjoyed. The latter films, not so in my opinion. Uh, I've talked with co-workers at great length about the effectiveness of a T-800 versus a T-1000, etc. Mm-hmm. That's not the show for this. This, sh- this show is about time travel. Well, I'll get you guys back for the Terminator debate episode. Mm-hmm. But um, did they wreck the series by doing what they did in the final film? Can you I, describe I, I, a bit more what they did, Alan? I, I really liked the, the final film. And while like uh, the debate about which... Uh, is it a great film about robots? Maybe not. But I think it is a really great film about time travel. Ooh. Uh, and so part of what they did there uh, was by going back into the events of the first movie, much in the same way that Back to the Future did. Uh, where, But... Unlike Back to the Future, what, in Back to the Future, when Marty goes back into the events of the first movie, mm-hmm. he goes through them all in such a way that it doesn't change what happened in the first movie. Right. Very so carefully. He, he could have been there. Right. The first time. Yes. We just yeah. might and you just wouldn't notice him because yeah. of camera placement, right? Uh, but what they did in the most recent Terminator movie uh, was actually change the events of the first movie. Part of what makes it so satisfying is that you've got uh, the young... Arnold Schwarzenegger, mm-hmm. who looks great. Like, however they did that, they did it really well. And then uh, a, a modern, like a, a contemporary Arnold Schwarzenegger, who's like this battle-ravaged uh, Terminator model, 
uh, and then they and they meet and fight, and that's a really satisfying, fun I was, fight. I was literally filled with rage. Uh, <laughs> Gerald, have you seen this film? I have not seen it. Okay, I would, I would, I would do yourself a service and not, <laughs> because it, to me, it takes everything that they had built and kind of retcons it into we're going to try all this other new stuff. And uh, one thing I love more than anything else in a movie is dealing with it, mm-hmm. and that kind of just sort of side skirts the whole the whole issue there's some cool stuff in there i'm not going to deny but so there's, a, well, there's one so you're into one type of time travel mm-hmm. like that if you can go back and change things mm-hmm. then you're not dealing with whatever you're mm-hmm. saying that whatever happened in the past we don't have to keep dealing with it that's not fixed mm-hmm. we can undo all of that but there is also there was another film in between which kind of lodged them into there's nothing you can do to stop this we're just going to keep you safe which was a good twist for, I don't recall what that one was called. No, but um, it was the third one with Claude yeah. Danes. That yeah. was I liked that one too. Yeah, that one was better, but the, I, I'm just not a fan of the last one. Have you seen the the thir- the Genesis? No, that was the new. I didn't one. see Genesis. That was like, or no, no, Genesis was the new one right. that we're talking about. Yes, there was one in between mm-hmm. that I think like happened mostly just in the robot yeah. future. Did you? And see, I didn't see that one. Oh, yeah. Did you see any of these? Two? I saw the first one. <laughs> I saw good, the first two. Good answer. Good answer, Gerald. Just keep maybe keep it at that. That might be I saw a, them both in the theater. Oh my god. Sounds amazing. I'm jealous, Gerald. All right, let's move on to my next actual question. Uh you are listening to Spoiler Alert on uh, Regina Community Radio. 91.3 FM CJTR, Regina Community Radio. I screw that up. Guys, what is your favorite time travel movie? Gerald I don't know. Um, I was just thinking that uh, the only thing I bring to the room is that I'm old. Uh, <laughs> I doubt. Th- I doubt that's true. Um, but uh, you gotta have a, a favorites. A top top five. Oh, I, one I, of your top five. Oh, I don't. Uh, I don't want to start with the top five. I want to start with one of the films that I really dislike, but I saw many times. Uh, I had okay. a job in a theater in, Let's do that question uh, in 1980, uh, The Final Countdown. Do you know this one? No. Uh, I've, I've heard of it, and I've seen some stuff. I've it seen looks it, bad. I've seen it like 30 times. <laughs> um, it, basically, there's a big storm. Uh, a contemporary aircraft carrier goes back in time and can now defeat the uh, Japanese who have just attacked Pearl Harbor. Mm-hmm. But then a storm happens again, and they have a choice to either go back to their present or save the world and they go back to their present and let the, the world yeah, it's two hours long but mm-hmm. there's it's like it's sufferable <laughs> there's a whole bunch of melodrama and i think someone stays behind it's kind of it's just it's it's a uh, you know really trivial and doesn't take any of the topics really seriously and it really says you know time travel um you can never change anything um the world is never going to be better or worse than it is mm-hmm. uh and it's just so rigid yeah um and yeah you have all, all these opportunities all you create is disappointment all you ha- all you have is a whole bunch of pe- you know a whole aircraft carrier worth of people who know that they have failed they have you know they could have made a difference but now they're just you know fighting the cold war um so that was that's kind of my first m- I, that was even before we were watching a well VHS was around but that was the first time I was watching the same movie over and over and over <laughs> again and until it just made me angry and that's the movie you had to watch so that's uh that's the first time travel movie that sunk in deep okay uh alan do you let's let's we'll we'll go back to the other question i asked yeah. do you have a worst time travel movie i haven't really uh thought about that one i have like I'll, i'm going to take that question in a different way mm-hmm. then uh there are time travel movies that uh, 
don't satisfy what I'm looking for in a time travel story. Oh, interesting. Uh, so uh, when I'm looking for a time travel story, I'm wanting one where the problem uh, and or the solution is time travel. If, the, if time travel is only the situation but mm -hmm. not the plot, that's unsatisfying for me. So, so you didn't like Time Cop? Planet of the Apes. Oh, okay. Uh, or The Time Machine. Mm -hmm. uh, these can be, might be good movies like Planet of the mm -hmm. Apes, but it's not a good time travel story. Because time travel is just how you get there, and well, then once you're there, time travel is neither the problem nor the solution. Well, when you, it's interesting that you pick pick out the time machine because that's sort of celebrated. Are you talking about the old and the remake? I guess I'm not so much talking about the movie as the story. Okay, the the story of the time machine. Mm -hmm. It's the time machine is just the way that he gets there, right. and then it's a story about that setting. Right, but it's it doesn't really deal with any of these questions about what make like what makes time travel interesting is all of the problems that it causes or the ways that you can use it to solve problems. And mm -hmm. there's examples of movies that don't use it in any of those ways, so and that I find frustrating. So you're essentially alluding the time machine in the time machine to a car. Yeah, right. right? Yeah. It's just a thing he gets in to get around, and uh, there's not really any repercussions of... It drives you to another cultural space. Yeah, right. it may as well be another planet, mm -hmm. right? As opposed to the time machine in Back to the Future, which is literally... A car. <laughs> Significantly more useful. Yes, but yes. they really tr uh, answer the questions of mm -hmm. the problems that it causes by being a time machine. Fair yeah. enough. Fair enough. Um, there is a movie, which I hate, with which stars Martin Lawrence, called Black Knight. Oh, that was terrible. And oh, wow. <laughs> I blocked that one out. He works at some sort of castle. like Yeah, like a theme kids. park. Yeah. And he falls into a pit, which has been there for a while, and he gets sent back. And it's this whole... We, you know, we've we've heard this story a hundred times, but it's usually a child who goes back and you know knows things about the the future and helps you know get through things. Yeah. And then it just kind of ends with him knowing that he can go back the exact same way that he came through. Mm -hmm. So it's like, why didn't you just Martin? Why didn't you just go? Why didn't you just go back? But then when he goes back, he learns so much about medieval stuff. The theme park is really successful, and that's the that's the thing he's able to get from this experience. And it is garbage. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Oh, okay. Well, now that we've talked about that, um, I have an interesting question, Alan. I think you'll have a an answer for this. What is the worst use of time travel hmm. in a, in a in a film? While you guys think about that, I will tell you my worst use, and that is, of course, Star Trek. When they go back to save those whales, is that Star Trek Five? Four, six, four, four. Is it really? okay? Where they? It's an even number. It's one of the good ones. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a fan of four. Um, it really seems to me that in Star Trek, time travel is just a thing that can happen that you can go through, and if it happens, you can utilize it. That's it. But uh, to go back to save a whale with that. That clear aluminum is just heartbreaking. And the fact that they can just go back again, no problems, they know when it's going to occur, is just Shatner on a screen for absolutely no reason whatsoever. And they don't even have the Enterprise. I agree it's not a great time travel movie. Absolutely, yes. But I like it as a movie. Really? And I think it's one of the best Star Trek movies. Hmm. Because it gets it back to what everybody wants to see is Shatner on the screen for two hours. True. <laughs> you know, and, and, and 
funny stuff between Shatner and and Nimoy and you know the other guys mm-hmm. right there. Um, so that was the business that people liked Star Trek about, right? And uh, it was all right, and uh, and so it was a fun movie, and it got down to personalities instead of blowing stuff up, right? But I I still would have liked to see some conflict with. You know, mm-hmm. oh, these guys travel through time, too. They're going to yeah. screw everything up. Yeah, they've done that, though. They've done that in the series. You right. Know, they travel back in time. They go back to the 60s every, you know, <laughs> eight episodes. They go back to the 60s, and they worry about it a little bit less each time mm-hmm. to the point that if you're going to fret about it and take up, you know, people would have hated the movie if they spent 20 minutes worrying about the ethics of what they're doing. Mm-hmm. No, you dealt with that in the TV show. Let's just move <laughs> on, be funny, uh, shoot a few things with phasers, and save a whale. But... They do it again in first contact. Oh yeah. When they a, a wormhole opens and the Borg go through and the Earth starts being taken overrun by Borg machines, so then they have to go back to try and fix it from from the the future past. Right. Yeah. Or instead of instead of going to the Borg home planet and going back further in time, mm-hmm. destroying them. Yeah. Well, it seems like it's a natural event that they just go through in Star Trek. They just sort of... They, it, it does become too easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. S- Spock figures it out in his head on how, <laughs> how fast you have to slingshot around the sun. <laughs> and boom, you're done. Why don't we do this all the time? That's, yeah, that becomes the problem. <laughs> yeah. Why don't you just use the time turner? Exactly. Right. Yeah, well, that's... Don't get me started on time turners. <laughs> I want to get you started on time turners. <laughs> yeah, time turners. Is, is that one of the worst <laughs> uses? Uh, they could have stopped... If Voldemort, if you have access to a time turner, if Dumbledore was so set on stopping this guy, he could have sat there and just kept turning for weeks and weeks until he went back to meet little Tom Riddle and then just fix the problem from there. That doesn't mean I've been talking about that one all week. But there's also because we watched all eight of them a week and a half ago, mm-hmm. and uh, there's one line that says that bad things happen to wizards that that misuse the time turner. That's not enough, Gerald. That's, that's it. not enough. That's it. That's it. That's you the whole just, thing. You just say you go back more than a week and you'll be crazy. That solves that problem. They didn't do it. Yeah. Huge. Huge. I have huge issues. Huge. I'm. I am pointing my finger. Alan, do you have any? Uh, uh, uses so, uh, of time travel that you're not a fan of? Well, it's sort of like a, it's a, just using time travel as a way to just get to a new place where it may as well just be a theme mm-hmm. park. Um, like now we're in dinosaur land or now right. we're in future land. But what about literal depictions of... Yeah. Because um, you'll recall in Time Cop, I don't know if you guys seen that, but he punches some stuff on his vest and then he just runs. Like he just runs in the direction and then he like goes through a portal. Or he falls out of a building and he touches his vest and then he goes through a portal. But to initially slingshot them back, they have to get in this big car that runs into a wall. Hmm. It's insane. So you're thinking it now of the uh, like the the methods? Yeah, no, that's uh, what, yeah, that's not, what I'm uh, asking. Uses that yeah. are. Um, I'm a huge fan of the time cop. Bad. It's so cool. Very actiony. Jean Claude gets to run. You know, any any way that gets Jean Claude moving, that's that's a great way to do it. Hmm. I don't know all the. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm having a hard time thinking of a method that I don't like. All the methods from all the movies that I like. What I look for in a method uh is that it's problematic, right? Like what the the problem <laughs> the, the one that you're talking about with the uh, time cops like that it's unsatisfying because it's too easy, which is like with Spock and the slingshot, the, right? There, there are rules in Time Cop about how it works. I don't know if it's like he types it in and then the people in the future open the door or something right? because there are times when they're pinned down and he can't get there. Yeah, so that's nice. Yeah. I mean, as long as you have some kind of rules for it, like the DeLorean was nice because you needed the road, it only brought you to the same place in 
space. Mm-hmm. You couldn't travel in space as well as time. Um, uh, yeah, so any any method that's too easy, but I'm not really thinking of one right now. So mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Favorite. I thought I had one. I thought I had Fa- one. No, I don't. Favorite depictions of time. Favorite. So, uh, I like primer is one of my oh, favorite my God. methods of that movie because that, the method is so limited. That movie alone is so good with yes. wh- with what that is. I'm I'm going to probably lock that down as my favorite time travel movie. Uh, primer is about two gentlemen who kind of figure out how to travel through time, <laughs> but by very, accident, but in a very limited you. you Clumsy, uncom- yeah. uncomfortable way. If, if you want to go back an hour, you literally have to wait an hour. You have to spend an hour in a box. Yes, it's a tiny box. Yes. But the beauty of it is that the, the film touches on something that's very real in time travel, which is what happens when you start going back more than once. What can you do? What can you pull off? Yeah. And it is insane. It is absolutely insane. But the, it's one of those examples of the, I think that the more constraints that you put on, I know magic systems or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, but so the time travel method, the more constraints that you put on it, the more the characters then have to become creative with what they're going to do with it. If mm-hmm. their time travel is just easy wish fulfillment, then they could just, okay, I just wish the problems away and the movie's over, or I don't wish the problems away and the movie's unsatisfying because why didn't I? Mm-hmm. But so yeah, primer. Uh, because they can't go back any farther than when they invented the box. Right. And if they want to go back like two days, then you're spending two days in this box. Bring your food and water. Mm-hmm. Uh, like it cre- creates so many problems. Yeah, no, it's great. Yeah, everybody should watch Primer twice. Have you seen and it? Then try to figure out what's happening. Have you seen this movie? No, I've not seen this. No, movie. Gerald. But I can't remember any, any uh, movies in the last ten years. That's okay. Gerald watches every movie that's ever come out. <laughs> On a feed that endlessly sort of goes <laughs> into his eyes, so he, he he's probably actually seen almost every movie we talk about. I want to talk about Bill and Ted. Yeah, but you haven't yes. asked me my favorite. Uh, oh yeah, okay, go. What's you? Midnight in Paris. Yeah. Uh, how does it work in Midnight in Paris? Paris? Because you don't know how it works. Mm-hmm. You walk down a street, and then maybe you went back in time. Mm-hmm. And so. There's no controlling it. There's no mechanism where you say, I can manipulate this. I can use this to my advantage. I can screw around with time. No, it's you walk down the street and the right combination of fog and wishful (laughs) thinking comes into play and you go back in time. And you did literally go back in time. Mm-hmm. So I like that, and and there's a couple others, but we'll maybe get to them later. No, that's a that's a really good one. Yeah, yeah, like the reasons you get very complicated. Oh um, yeah, please, Bill and Ted. Bill and Ted, uh, with that wonderful, wonderful telephone booth, which they climb into and damage because it's got a very sophisticated antenna on top. How do you guys feel about Bill and Ted? So we're gonna say Bill and Ted is basically the reason why I wrote my Spectrum time travel role playing. Really? Game. Like it's it's sort of the the core. Uh, and what I love about Bill and Ted, there's a lot of things I love about Bill and Ted, uh, but it's when uh, they said, so after this is all over, we're going to steal your dad's keys and come back <laughs> and plant them under this desk. <laughs> and there the keys are. Mm-hmm. And one of them, I wish I could, I should be able to remember which is which, but one of them says, okay, af- now seriously, after this is all done, we really have to make sure that we steal the keys and bring them back and plant them for ourselves. And the other one says, no, we don't. We already have them. Mm-hmm. And do they or don't they really have to? <laughs> can, can they do it and not? And just the universe sucks that one up and they get away with it? Or do they really have to do it? And that's essentially what my game is about. Excellent. Yeah. I had, I had forgotten about that. Um, <laughs> because I was going to argue that 
I don't like the I like I like the Bill and Ted movies. I really mm-hmm. like them. I, they're really fun. I like the characters. I like the adventures. But as time travel, except for maybe some things like these keys, um, it's it's kind of a variation on what uh, Mark Twain, right? Connecticut Yankee in King Arthur's Court. Mm-hmm. You kind of go back in time. You encounter these things for no, you know, you have there's no repercussions to kind of going back and finding celebrities from the past and mm-hmm. pulling them out of time and moving things around. And yeah, there's it's not really a, it, that time travel element has no grounding in our world, and you can just mess around with it. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's sloppy. It's sloppy, and there's lots of time travel like that. Well, it's it's uh, time travel. There's a lot of ease when you go sloppy with time travel. Yeah, because uh, you know things like the keys. We don't have to worry about it because you know it can just happen, and it happens off screen yeah. or something. But uh, dealing with the sloppiness is always good. And I think the thing we're kind of all hovering around is that the thing that makes a good time travel movie is when the time travel is a character hmm. in the film. Which I would argue, you know, back to the future, there's not a ton of time travel going on. Depends right? on the movie. Like the second one, there's a lot. Is there all, you, a lot? Yeah. More, because than, they, more than 10? Well, no. maybe not more than 10. Yeah, I think, I think but the, the first whole and second is... movie, there's like two jumps Absolutely. in each movie. The there's four. Middle movie. There's like maybe five jumps. Right. Well, other people are using it. Yes. Uh, I I do. I was <laughs> waiting for the the point in time when they there was a DeLorean with another DeLorean. That's kind of the moment I was waiting for that I never got. Yeah, um, yeah. But Bill and Ted went there. Yeah, they, yes. They they went there first thing. Right. Yeah. Because how else are you going to believe anybody? Right. I yeah. wanted to see them flying around in the train. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That would have been great adventures. And you know, get rid of uh, Michael J. Fox. Right. So Christopher Lloyd flying and around with his kids yeah. in this train. That would have been really cool. That'd be they a just great movie. That'd be yeah. a I would, series. That, that sounds like a, a show to me. Yeah. A Netflix I, series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would watch that. Yeah. Everyone's still alive, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, we gotta write to Netflix. Christopher Lloyd wouldn't need makeup anymore. No. It's, yeah, the woman who played his wife, she's still around. She's actually very active. Oh man. If Netflix is hearing this, this this is yeah. I'm gonna yeah, watch Netflix movie. is listening to us. <laughs> and then right at the end of that series, you have Marty come in, and you know, oh, like this time it's serious, Doc. I need your help. And then they go, because that's how time time travel yeah. in in those movies works. Um, what else should we talk about? We have uh, let's you know what, let's take a quick break. Uh, you're listening to Spoiler Alert on 91.3 FM, CJTR, Regina Community Radio. We're talking time travel today, and we will be right back with more time travel. Welcome back to Spoiler Alert on 91.3 FM, CJTR, Regina Community Radio. I'm here with Gerald Saul and Alan Dodson, and we are talking about time travel. Love talking about time travel. But it is once again that time of the week. It's game time, gentlemen. Uh, for those who don't know, the game is where I spend all week combing through movies that relate to what we're talking about and find one that people haven't seen, ask them what they think it's about, and then I tell them what it's really about. We all have a good laugh, and uh, everything's good. Um, my regular co-hosts have chimed in, so I'm going to read their uh, interpretations of what they think this film is about to give you guys a minute to consider what it could be. The title of this week's film is called Free Jack. Free Jack. All one word. Sonya believes that it's about a man named Jack who wants to be free. <laughs> that is all. Mm-hmm. Sean believes 
that it could be the third film in the Jack series starring Robin Williams. The word three is pronounced childlike, so in a childlike way, as they the character would do so. So it's three Jack. That's really good. But then Sean said, or... <laughs> It's the sequel to Free Willy, in which the kid from the first one <laughs> is now an activist teenager trying to save an endangered gorilla named Jack. Nice. So it's one of those two. Uh, Gerald or, or Alan, do you guys have an idea of what Free Jack may be? Gerald is well, prepared. I've got notes. Okay. <laughs> as, 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 you know, you, you mentioned the title earlier today. I've never heard of it. But uh, what do we got? What do we I got, got I'm thinking it's a 1980s film mm-hmm. set in Las Vegas. And you have a like a single dad. He's got gambling troubles. His name's Jack, by the way. Mm-hmm. And he's got he's he's in deep with the mob. He's he's got a big debt, and the mob, um, they're gonna kill him. They've ca- they've captured him. He's got to get freed. He's like locked up with the mob. They're gonna they're gonna kill him unless they get all their money. And so he's got like a, a teenage son or da- maybe a daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe a young Molly Ringwald or something Ooh. when she was still 14 or something, kind of someone waif-like who seems really innocent. It's kind of like a maybe a paper moon, but with some time travel involved. Uh, and uh, so she's she's savvy and will you know do anything to get her dad out of out of this. So she's she tries to do the the one thing that their family knows how to do is gamble because mm-hmm. it's Las Vegas. So she's is she's she the main character. She's the main character. Okay. So she's trying to win the money. She's going to win the money, and she's losing most of the money. And all she's got is, like, her lucky coin left. And so some strange old man comes in. <gasps> and, you know, there's a, bit of, there's a bit of fog going on. It's probably a back alley sort of thing. And he's got, like, he's, he's got something to gamble, and, and he bets her something. He bets her against her gold, her, uh, her lucky coin. And on some, you know, improbable little thing, a flip of a coin, whatever it is, mm-hmm. she wins this little device, maybe a, a small device, like a hockey puck-sized thing. And it's it's a, what do we call this uh, Harry Potter thing? It's like a time turn. Okay. She can go back like 30 seconds or a minute. And so she starts using this. And naturally, if you have a time machine, what are you going to do with it? You're going to win at gambling. Absolutely. So she starts winning blackjack. So mm-hmm. it's, she's using blackjack. Again, we're coming back to the jack. Yeah, she starts winning. So she'd play. She put all the money in. Oh no, she lost. Then she just replay, and she'd she'd start winning a whole bunch of money. And meanwhile, like I think she's got like a little sibling. You've got to need a comic relief. I don't know another little uh, eight year old, nine year old boy that's running around asking idiotic questions and what happens if you know so we bring up a lot of time traveling things. What happens if this happens? What happens if that happens? <laughs> um, so then we get to. Uh, um, the, the the mob catch on to something, right? They're, they're yeah, noticing something's she's wrong. Got to be, something's wrong, and so um, she's got all the money, and she tries to pay off. But they, you know, they're they're onto something. They're they're demanding that she reveal her sources or her scheme, and this thing this goes this goes badly, and the father instead of getting free, he gets shot, uh-huh. and so he's bleeding to death. It's it gets it gets, starts getting really dark. Um, and so she needs that she needs to fix this. So the the time thing only has you can only go back a few seconds. It's not enough. So she plugs a lot of juice into it. She plugs in like the the power of Las Vegas into it, and maybe mixed with some wishful thinking and some tears, and uh, father's blood or something. And you run all the electricity into it, and we we destroy Las Vegas. In 1980s, we were in a way of doing things, all the light bulbs start blowing up. Yeah, you know, so we get all the big casinos with all the lights. Boom, 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 blowing up. Doesn't look good. Las Vegas goes dark. 
Uh, and then she brings him back in time to like before he made the bad bets that got him in bad with the mob. He then is is free of the mob, uh, but the device is burned out from all of this, this, you know, too much charge into it. So, of course, you just throw it in the garbage, and then they can walk off into the, uh, into the casino. But then the little brother goes oh. and gets it out of the garbage. And then we realize that the little brother has some characteristic. We realize he's the old man there from it the is. beginning yeah. of the movie. And uh, bring up Bon Jovi, credits. Wow. <laughs> Free Jack. I'd Free. watch that. That sounds great, Gerald. That really does. Alan, I, I, wouldn't, wow. I wouldn't watch this. Alan, top, top, top that, Alan. Yeah, that's that's a hard act to follow. Okay, so uh, I think he, Jack is a is a younger commander. What I'm thinking, this might actually be uh, the prequel or the first Free Jack. Okay. Um, so it takes place when Jack is a younger man. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's sort of like a sexy... 20-something, uh, kind of he's an adventurer type. He's a secret agent James Bond type. He's a jack-of-all-trades. Uh, and what he does, uh, well, he, he's just, he's free in the sense that he's unstuck from time. He's not rooted in linear time the way that most people mm-hmm. are. And so he does have a sort of easy wish fulfillment uh, type of time travel where he can kind of just let go of time. But then he doesn't know where he's going to end up. Uh, so it's easy for him to escape from situations. He can pretty much always get out of whatever situation he's in, but then he's going to end up, he doesn't know where or when, um, and has to use all of his uh, savvy adventurer skills to find his way in whatever uh, time, place he's ended up now. So he's going to use these abilities, both his uh, time travel ability to disappear out of any situation mm-hmm. and his uh, sort of physical, mental, social adventurer skills uh, that let him uh, do well in whatever time he ends up in, he's going to use those to run odd jobs and do uh, sort of freelance missions for, but then that's the problem. So who does, who would he work for? And like, what's he working for? Mm -hmm. So what he wants is safe havens, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, He's always just ending up in mysterious like he doesn't know where he's going to show up so what he's trying to get is where everybody owes him so he does jobs for the government say the u.s government Mm -hmm. uh and then because he's done jobs for them fixed things in history or uh, changed things in time then maybe there are safe houses Mm. people know who he is and when he shows up in a time uh they're able to give him a place to stay and a change of clothes and help him out with whatever machine he's on right now but we know that time travel is possible, so everything is getting changed. Maybe there's even other time agents who are also making changes to right. things. So he might end up in a time where there is no U- U.S. government who owes him favors. <laughs> so he has to make sure that the church owes him favors, too, and the mob owes him favors, mm-hmm. right? Everybody needs to owe him favors. So he's always working for uh, different, every different, everybody he can work for. He's working against, for different enemies against each other, things like that. What's going to eventually happen uh, is that he's going to run into an an alternate uh, free jack? Right? He runs into another version of himself right. uh, from some parallel timeline, right. uh, who's on an alternate mm-hmm. mission. Dead set against stopping him. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so I'm not quite sure how that confrontation goes down. It probably just involves like some kind of a rooftop chase and an explosion and uh, in the rain. Yeah. Yeah, in the rain. Uh, but I do like the idea that after all of that, he um, decides that this world where uh, he's working for the mob, uh, he's just going to stay here because he's met this woman, 
and so he's going to stay here in this time and not uh, do his time jump escape anymore and raise his daughter, mm-hmm. even though he's stuck working for the mob. And so it, it brings us into uh, the second Free Jack movie uh, that Gerald mentioned. Wow. Those are all excellent ideas. Uh, you guys already know what it is for real? Sure. Uh, so Free Jack, 1992 film, the star-studded cast of Emilio Estevez, Ooh. Anthony Hopkins, Mick Jagger. Wow. Right? Oh, I think I saw this. Yeah, I know you did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the premise of the film is that Emilio is a present-day uh, race car driver, and right at the beginning he dies, but before his car crashes and burns to bits, he's teleported to the future where rich people are going to take his brain out and put their brains in his body so he can they can continue to live on, and uh, he and Rene Russo must escape. Free Jack. Yeah. <laughs> They're both. Alan is wow. looking at me like, like that. Was that middle part where they take him to the future for why again? <laughs> they, just so that rich people can put their brains in his body. That's the premise of the film. So they just they're, the easiest way to get bodies is it's, to yeah. pull them out of time. Yeah, yeah. 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 And he's uh, it's in the future. There's not a lot of uh, ozone, so he's been breathing well his whole life, and that's this whole well, the whole a, premise. It's a healthy body. It's a healthy yeah. body. Because yeah. 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 you could just get any old body, yeah. but yeah. you need a and, healthy body. You got to go into the and, past. And, right. and Free Jack refers to the act of free. It's it's like uh, fr- I think they call it free boning or something awful like that, where you steal someone who's about to die because they're to, to history they're dead anyway. Right, right. So then you just use their their. Uh, their body is a pup. Free Jack. 1992. Mm. Guys, let's get back into it. Um, what makes time travel gone wrong so good? What, what are we drawn to about this particular problem? Because time and again, no pun intended, it comes up. I'm thinking of timeline, back to the future, Bill and Ted. The, the list goes on. Um... One of my favorites I haven't mentioned yet, Run, Lola, Run. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. um, And for those who haven't seen it, we'll spoil it. Um, She's uh, a a woman. She's in Germany. And um, her boyfriend gets involved in some sort of bad heist deal thing, some some deal gone wrong. And and Mm -hmm. so she has to... Um, get something to kind of get him out of trouble and run down. She needs a whole bunch of money and she has to run uh, and kind of get, but things go wrong. And then every time something goes wrong, she's able to inexplicably, there's no, there's no device behind it. Just redo it. And she keeps, she has to kind of redo the rescue. Is she, is she aware of the, the backward travel? It's unclear. It's unclear. Uh, She she does the whole movie three times. Mm -hmm. uh, And, makes different choices each time. No, I think she does start to, like, uh, if there's things that get in her way, like when she's, a lot of it is her run, that she's got to, like, get across the city in time yeah. to meet her boyfriend. She has to jump over, you know, somebody gets in her way, and she yeah, has to jump over Yeah, but then she knows, them. like, the third time that she's going through, mm. she, like, slips right underneath because, as yeah. though she knew that that guy was going to be in her mm-hmm. way, right? So there's no explanation for it, but it does seem like she's learning from each of these encounters mm-hmm. when she goes back and does it mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I think that's what, you know, when I think about time travel in a, in the real world, like you make a mistake, you bump your head and you think, mm-hmm. oh, I wish I could go back in time 20 seconds and not bump my head. Mm-hmm. Of course, there's 
you know, if we saw that in a movie, we'd think that's a ridiculous waste of time for, you know, using time travel. But day to day, that's what, you know. That's exactly what you would do. Mm-hmm. And, and even if you're reliving your whole life, you could never remember, oh, yeah, um, you know, when I'm this age, I'm going to bump my head. No, you don't. You, you wouldn't. You, w- you couldn't use a lifetime of time travel to avoid that. You can only use a few seconds of time travel. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of what they're doing. And it's kind of what uh, Groundhog Day also sort mm-hmm. of does is, is can you have a perfect day if you if you have infinite time to redo it how many times does you know, lola run do the run you know we don't know she could right. have done it mm-hmm. we watch three three right. but she could have done it 30 or 300 yes. yeah um i think you're bringing up groundhog day just because i said on the break that i hated it yeah, yeah. why uh, do you hate groundhog day uh i guess it's successful in that it puts the viewer put me in the headspace of the character mm-hmm. who is reliving this same day hundreds of times right and hates it and is bored out of his mind. Well, depending on the day, but yeah. But so I hated it and was bored. Like it was, it was just, it's so it's that run, little run, only shows you that day three times. Mm-hmm. Groundhog Day just keeps, I think it just kept on going too long. I guess that's my <laughs> point. <laughs> they, they made the point that he's living through that same day mm-hmm. and then they kept showing you that same day over and over again and I was done with it. Hmm. See, to me, it, it sh- you know the rep- the repeated nature nature of it shows his growth. Like right. if yes. you if you have to um, learn to live with yourself, learn to live with other people around you, learn to not be annoyed. Because I think I would respond the same way he did in many cases. Yeah. You know, he runs into this obnoxious guy, and then you know he eventually tells him off, and eventually is mean spirited to him, mm-hmm. and then it becomes very zen where you have to get beyond your anger and mm-hmm. go, okay, that guy is obnoxious and I don't like him, but maybe there's nothing that unlikable about him and he's just part of this world that's around me. And so it's it's this, uh, you know, I think it's a really philosophical film as you I, begin I, to accept. I agree. Things. Like I think, I think it, it, it works. The message is good. I just found it frustrating to watch. Mm-hmm. I, I think Groundhog Day is about if you, if you were put in that situation, what is the perfect day? Mm-hmm. Because he eventually gets to the point where he's helping people and having meaningful interactions with people and he does fall in love and it's all in the space of this day. Yeah. And 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 I think it's a misnomer to say perfect day because a lot of people would define if you you define perfect day he had many other perfect there were days. Other days where he made all the money. He made yeah, he made mm-hmm. lots of money and he slept with the women he wanted yeah. to sleep with and so on. <laughs> um which yeah, it was what he was doing, right? Yeah. Right. Um I think in the I I haven't read there's a book apparently and and apparently in the book he does it something like 100,000 times. You know, so he has he knows he's had sex with everybody in town. Mm-hmm. Right. He has done Multiple everything times. there is to do in this entire place. Um but is is that perfection or the perfection is maybe sometimes you know not taking advantage of things, doing things for others mm-hmm. rather than just for himself. Well, and so it's partly the the perfection was uh if he finds a day I think that he's satisfied with. Mm. It's it's maybe not a perfect day, but a day where he's happy, I, where he's I, just content with the day as it is. Well, I think the, in the case of Groundhog Day, it's the 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 real lesson is the removal of subjectivity, because you know, is it a perfect day because he's happy, or is it a perfect day because everybody's happy and nobody yeah, died, yeah. and things went the way that they were supposed to, and right in the world, even though that one man always dies, that older man, the older yeah. homeless guy. I think he I think he dies regardless of. I think so. But um, but that's part of it, right? Yeah, you know, doing what you can for the I don't know if it's the greater good or not. But you know, isn't it, couldn't that be every day? That's the idea. Mm-hmm. Well, could you could you imagine an instance where like 
every day had to be this perfect oh, version of the day. Mm-hmm. So even if you did it, you know, he was supposed to be in there something at least like 30 years. What's mm-hmm. that Tom Cruise one? It's the same idea. Oh, Edge, yeah, of yeah. Uh, Edge of Tomorrow. But in that one, it's sort of this technology mm-hmm. explained away where you have a thing in you that allows you to go back and redo the day. And that was like an act. It was an action movie day rather than a. It was. It was a very. Day. Yeah, it was a very action movie day. But your 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 question a, a little was back before we got into Groundhog Day. It doesn't matter. Uh, it was a, about. Uh, sorry, you were asking about um, why why is it so appealing when it goes uh, wrong? The time travel go, go gone wrong. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and I've just been thinking a lot about how uh, what I love in a one of the things that I love in a time travel story is that um, time travel is often. Uh, the problem, like that, mm-hmm. these characters are trying to solve one problem by time traveling, and actually, time travel makes everything worse. Yeah, like it just makes everything more much, complicated. Much worse. Uh, and at, at at best, you're not going to be able to change anything because everything just is the way that it is, and time travel doesn't actually change, doesn't can't change things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at worst, like you stepped on the butterfly and you destroyed your whole world. Uh, and so, to me, for a lot of Time travel movies, and all of the ones that I think of as being really great time travel movies, I think the one of the central messages is don't time travel. Like, don't mess with the laws of physics. Like, some things are best left alone. Uh, and so that comes back to me, for to, back to Groundhog Day, to think that if the, the message in a lot of these time travel movies is just like, accept what is. Like, mm-hmm. that uh, the Titanic sank. Like, let it go. Well, he's... There's there's always different ways to go about it, and that's why we kind of discuss the, the different ways. But yeah. that is a very hard lesson to learn in a lot of these movies. Since you bring it up, I want to talk about a movie which I think is probably the most time travely movie that ever has existed. Um, it's called Predestination. Have you guys seen this? You guys are both sitting there across from me telling me that you have not seen Predestination. Oh, my word. Predestination is a film about... Uh, it's Most of the movie is about a woman or a man telling a story to another man in a bar. It's also called All You Zombies. Is that what it's called? Yeah. it's ba- oh, The novel that it's based on oh, is okay. called All You Zombies. Maybe the movie is called Predestination. Maybe, I don't Sorry. know. I, it's, a, it's wonderful. Go on. Okay. <laughs> I'm not going to... I was going to spoil this whole thing because <laughs> I, I was... A certain that at least one of you is somebody's texting me all you zombies as well. <laughs> okay. let, me, let me go back in time and we'll. Because uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I know Gerald just saw this one, and I, I saw it recently as well. And I, it's it's actually all you of, zombies. Yeah, it's and it, I would put it high on my list. I'm I'm looking this up. Talk about all you zombies. Uh, so all you zombies is about uh, a man and woman who meet in a bar, uh, and. We're spoiling things here, right? Yeah, that's, yeah the okay. show's called Spoiler. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Over the course of the uh, movie, you learn that they are the same person mm-hmm. um, who at some point in uh, their life goes through a uh, gender... Ch- I think changes, changes gender a few times, uh, but um, discovers that they are their own mother, their own father, mm-hmm. and they recruited themselves into the time police to hunt down and stop themselves. Yeah. Oh, yeah I saw this last week. Yeah. Is this... <laughs> uh, are you guys talking about the 1959? I'm talking about the one with Ethan Hawke. Okay, yeah. The one that that's I saw. A, that's, yeah, no, no. Is the movie called Predestination? Yeah. Because I'm thrown off because the book was called All okay. the Zombies, and mm-hmm. I was into the book in university, and oh, I was really excited that Ethan Hawke did a movie of it. Yeah, no, no, no. Um, anyway, well, it's good that you guys have heard of it, because I was freaking out. From <laughs> <laughs> I had a segment built around this, and I was freaking out. <clears throat> Is this the perfect time travel story? Yes. <laughs> 
<laughs> Literally, no hesitation, just an immediate yes. The thing that I think is most insane about this movie or story is that it doesn't matter where you start. It always makes sense and it always works because it is just this giant loop or predestination as it's you know you're predestined to do something how what's the word I'm going to look for is it believable that this person starts off as I don't know this weird individual who inseminates themselves to create themselves but then slowly changes to the villain by the end or the beginning whichever way you want to because the act of keeping things from yourself in that way is a very villainous, awful thing to do, right? You, the, this character keeps themselves in the dark until certain things can happen so that they can get the bad guy, but then they find out they are the bad guy, and then they become the bad guy. Well, this is a Hollywood problem. Because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. um, in, in the Hollywood narrative, people get better as they, as they progress. Vill villains are sometimes redeemed and can, you know... Um, do something good at the end of their life before they are, you know, died for their crimes. They die for their crimes, but uh, and and good guys get you know better or maybe slip a little bit, but you know always do the right thing in the end. They either the uh, the Han Solos or whatever. Even if there's you know a bit of a rogue, they always turn you know good at the end. They always redeem. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, outside of Hollywood, that sort of narrative it doesn't isn't always prominent, and so we can I can accept that somebody becomes worse that somebody because a lot of people do a lot of people become more resentful and worse mm -hmm. people as they as they go through life, and you know, I, I think as we yeah as the old person in the room, <laughs> um, you know, I think I have a lot of you know I have a lot of pent up anger, and I think uh, you know don't get in my way on the way home maybe, but um, I do think of this loop. Because it comes up again and again, but in movies that I really like about time travel, yep. I'm thinking of Twelve Monkeys and Le Jeté. Yeah, amazing, Absolutely. you know, amazing loops. Yep. and that's exactly what happens. You know, they um, one that also comes up, which is kind of ironic, is Looper, where they sort of there is this loop, but they break it. Uh, which the first time I watched it, I don't know why, but uh, the scene where we see the character who is Bruce Willis grow old. It's sort of this very quick thing where we see him do a bunch of stuff and he quickly changes, which is pretty unbelievable, but whatever. But um, when I was watching it, I thought, you know, oh, is this an error? I thought this was about this guy. But it really made... In Looper, they really felt like two different people, they, like two totally different characters. Where in these other ones, the the loop is so tight, you really don't... I don't know. I can see in Looper the break being so great that it makes sense. You know, he hasn't had this experience, so he's not this guy. Yeah. But in all the other ones, you know, just kind of becoming the villain, I don't know if I buy it as much. I think it's more interesting, but does it work? In that predestination, all you zombies, uh, mm -hmm. it, it is the, of all the transitions that the character makes, or you see them go through all these different transitions in their life, and the one where they transition into the villain... Mm -hmm. is the one that they kind of skip over, right? They, they, they sh there's a big part of that character's life that they don't show uh, between when they become stranded in that one time and then the next time that you meet them, they're the villain, but it's mm -hmm. like been 20 years that they've been right. living there. Uh, and so there's some of that that, they, that we don't see that they skip over. But I can see that even when 
I think the way that they made it work, in my mind, is that when we meet that character as uh, the young woman uh, in the bar, she's really angry. Mm-hmm. And they're both sort of on the trail of this mad bomber, but she's saying, yeah, well, maybe this bomber has the right idea of, like, blowing up the world because the world sucks. Mm-hmm. And so we know that that's in this character from Somewhere. the beginning because uh, she's had this really hard life feeling outside of everything, like not being like other people and not having parents and all of that. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, So I felt like the becoming a villain in the end seemed like a believable trajectory for that mm-hmm. character. Yeah, and parenting is is a big part of this, you know, or lack of parenting. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. At each, because the character is sort of reborn a number of times, yes. mm-hmm. and with each incarnation, but in each case, there's no real um, guidance. Parenting, you know, mm, the, the boss. Yeah, yeah. The bosses are kind of distant and voices yeah. through things, mm-hmm. or very. It's very cold and indifferent. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this may be our final question, although I do have more. Uh, this comes from boss of the show, Lee Amit, uh, who doesn't like time travel because he feels like it's a cop-out. He feels like, I have written, somebody has written a movie, X-Far, they are stuck, and time travel is just the way out. Mm. This, has been, this has happened. Gerald, we, we discussed Wayne's World, which may have sort of a doodaloo, 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 doodaloo time travel cop-out. Uh, like, uh, the, Austin Powers does that. Yeah, the, like... the, uh, the Tomb Raider film absolutely has uh, a time travel cop-out, mm-hmm. which kind of makes sense but also kind of doesn't mm-hmm. um do you guys think it's just a, a easy way out of a plot hole i think not not if it, not if it is the plot like if mm-hmm. if you have a an action plot or a romance plot or something and then time travel is the harry potter like if time travel is the easy solution to the problem then yes but if it's a time travel movie like predestination mm-hmm. and time travel is the problem and then using time travel gets you back out of that problem or more often doesn't Mm -hmm. out of that problem like 12 monkeys time travel doesn't solve anything no uh so yeah in those cases it's not that problem (laughs) so Um, it's only so to alan it's only a cop-out when it is yes it can be a cop-out i don't know how this fits i i don't think i ever answered the question right um but back to star trek Mm -hmm. um the reboot the, the new Star Trek episode uh, movies where they have altered everything. Mm-hmm. I think it's a pretty good time travel uh, movie. I like that these resentful um, uh, Romulans have gone back in time and really, you know, they've killed Hitler, except, they've, except they're the bad guys. They've, right. killed, they've killed Vulcan, uh, which is a really interesting thing. And they succeed. They, 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 but they also derail um, the franchise. Right. And... So in a way, it's a it's a it's a really good time travel movie, and then without really thinking, oh, what about the other the hundred actors that are in all the other series mm-hmm. that now can't do cameos because they're all the timelines are changed, mm. and what do you do? And and no real consideration of that. So um, it's a weird thing where you you want this you know the future is supposed to be intact for us to tell stories about the future. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought they they told a really interesting time tra- travel story. At, at, but at too great a cost. Mm. Um, See, I, I felt they did it to, to leave that untouched. You know, oh, th- all this stuff still happened. We're not altering it. This just set this off course, and this is now an alternate branch of that. Hmm. Sure. Yeah, I can see that. But don't you want to tell new stories with these actors and, and progress mm-hmm. that future forward? Mm-hmm. But, you know, you're not, they're not going to. So the new series doesn't encompass that, that storyline. Well, no. Well, I'm afraid that we're all out of time. 
which is a, a thing I w- wrote down earlier, which I thought was really funny. <laughs> we should just go back and do that all again. <laughs> I'd like to give a shout-out to the Garys for the use of our theme song, Manituba, Manituna. I, did, I have a trouble saying that word. My guests, Alan and Gerald, thank you guys for coming on. It's been great. Uh, I'd like to thank everyone here at CJTR and uh, you listeners who's listening to this thing. The show is broadcast live Wednesdays at 6 p.m., rebroadcast Friday mornings at 9, and is available as a podcast on CJTR's website. We're on Twitter at SpoilerAlertYQR and Instagram at SpoilerAlertCJTR. Guys, any last time travel thoughts? Merry and- Christmas, t- Tiny Tim. <laughs> <laughs> Alan? I don't always travel in time, but when I do, I did. <laughs> Thank you guys for coming on. It's been great. We'll do time travel uh, episode one at some point. Last week. Last week. Uh, My Electric is up next.